Yeah. Like there was some sort of like high speed chase where Huey had a bunch of cocaine in his trunk or something. And he's he, Chris Rock in the movie ends up in jail and DMX is in jail. It's <laughs> 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 like. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Discover Your Inner Awesome Podcast. My name is Raji Nathan, a.k.a. The Raj Nation. I am your show's host, and I am joined by my co-host, Martin McGovern, a.k.a. Marty McFly. This is Discover Your Inner Awesome, the only show where you get to eavesdrop on conversations with entrepreneurs, artists, and musicians about the stories, the journeys, the struggles, but most importantly, the questions. The questions that help us all better understand who we are, what we're doing, and how we can do it better. Guess what? This episode is our season finale, our season six finale, and we bring it home by bringing back our fourth guest ever on the show by the name of Mr. Ben Austin. Ben is affectionately known as the impassioned love child of Arnold Schwarzenegger and Bill Nye the Science Guy. He's an engineer, a speaker, and a behavior change expert. And we talk about something that's very near and dear to him based on an experience he had last year, which was very life-changing. The question for today is, when do you stop and reevaluate? Before we dive into today's program, our season six finale, I want to send you a reminder and invitation. If you're not a member of our tribe already, what are you waiting for? Go ahead and join at www.discoveryourinnerawesome.com. Enter your email address there and you will never miss another episode of this show. Guess what? You can also check out our 75 plus episode archive while you're there. All right, let's dive into our conversation with Ben Austin. When do you stop and reevaluate? Let's listen in. Well, this question kind of hits home for me because last year was the year where shit just hit the fan in my life, spiritually, mentally, professionally, and I was forced to reevaluate. So let me back up a second. I'll tell you what happened. Uh, before I hop into it, I'm just I'm a firm believer that when we are living out of alignment, the universe will let us know. First, it always lets us know with a gentle tap on the shoulder. And if we still fail to listen, it'll give us a hard shove. And if we still fail to listen, it'll beat us into the ground and make us beg for mercy. And that's exactly what happened to me. So here's what happened. My personal development business stops start, do started to take off. You guys remember when I was just getting a crazy amount of traffic and like all of a sudden I went from several hundred hits a day to thousands to tens of thousands of hits a day. And I just saw this as an incredible opportunity to really turned my passion project into a full-time business. And at the time I was reading Elon Musk's biography and he notoriously works 100 hours a week. And I'm like, well, shit, if Elon Musk can run three multi-billion dollar companies and work 100 hours a week, there's no reason why I can't work an engineer job and build my passion project at the same time and also work 100 hours a week. And at first it was great because you're super productive and you're getting all this stuff done and you're like, yeah, I'm killing it. I'm crushing it. I'm doing everything. I'm building my dreams here. But then you start to get really tired because you're working a hundred hours a week. And then this is the universe that's, it's tapping on the shoulder to say, Hey, like take a step back and reevaluate what's going on. But at that time I was so driven and so focused on achieving my personal dreams and my business dreams that I just really kept compartmentalizing what was going on with me personally and spiritually and kept pushing and putting in the hours. At the time, I noticed all my productivity dropped. I couldn't really be present with friends at the time. And I was just drawing myself deeper and deeper and deeper into this hole. And soon enough, like I was waking up every single day and I couldn't get out of bed. And every night I would go to bed and I feel like I didn't get anything done. It was just this horrible cycle of feeling like I wasn't getting enough done, being angry, and just drawing myself into this deep well of depression. But because I wanted this passion project to work out so bad, I just kept pushing. But then finally, 
one day I reached my breaking point. And here's what happened. I was at the park near my house and I was doing my normal exercise routine where I would listen to a business book and I would do sprints and push-ups and pull-ups and handstand push-ups and single leg pistols and I'd be running around the park like a madman. And there was this concrete and steel structure that I would do close grip push-ups on just about every single day. And I went over to the concrete and steel structure and I put my hands on it and I went into my push-up routine. I was going down and up and down and up and down and then I went up and then I felt something break. And then everything went white for me. And when I came to, I looked down and my hands were just covered in this st sticky, bloody mess. And then my knees were also covered in this sticky, bloody mess. And so was my chest and my abdomen. And I looked down and there was this giant hole this concrete and steel structure that I had been doing push-ups on collapsed. My body came down and it stabbed me in the chest. Jesus. And I literally crushed myself with the weight of my own aspirations and goals. And I'm sitting there and I'm bleeding a lot. Like it's not just a little bit of blood. Like literally I can see my chest plate through my chest and <clears throat> I call my wife and I say, honey, like you got to bring three towels and get me to the hospital right now. And the funny thing about this is I was more concerned about paying the bill for the ambulance than I was for my own safety at the time, because I was still thinking about my personal success at that time. So she picks me up and she just immediately starts bawling because I look like I got shot because there's just blood everywhere. She gets me in the car. We rush to the ER and I pass out and everything goes white again. I go into shock. When I come to, I'm sitting in a wheelchair in the hospital, holding my hands over my wound, trying to stop the bleeding. That was a powerful moment where I reevaluated everything mm -hmm. because I had stopped doing all of the personal care, the stress management, this meditation, all of the things that had gotten me there and had helped me get there in the first place. I had stopped doing all those things because I looked at every single moment that I wasn't working my business as a waste of time. That was the moment for me where I was forced to reevaluate everything. So I would ask all the listeners and the people who just heard the story, if you're living out of alignment somewhere, the universe is going to let you know. You just got to know if it's a tap on the shoulder, if the universe is pushing you down, or if it's really beating you into the ground, making you beg for mercy like it did for me. Because you don't really want to get to that point. There are a couple things I want to touch on from that story. Thank you for sharing that. Number one is the way you phrased it. You said you literally crushed yourself with the weight of your own aspirations and goals, which I, that's a very like almost poetic way to say that because I think you know that's something more or less has come up on this show several times this season is this idea of like massive goal setting, but then, you know, what's it all for at the end of the day? And are we setting goals for the right reasons or are we setting goals because we think we're supposed to be keeping up with this idea of what success is not to say, don't have aspirations and don't try to strive for doing well, but sounds like you were in that mode like you said like you're reading elon musk he's working 100 hour a week so you're feeling behind if you're working an 80 hour a week right mm -hmm. and rather than having a goal because it's like i want to achieve this because i want to succeed in this way and i want to do good for these you know these this type of people it's it's the goal is driven by i want to achieve this because then i'll look like that mm. yeah i mean or I want to achieve this, or I want it. My own personal self-worth is based on how many hours I can work yeah. and how miserable I can make myself. Yeah. We've just become a society of, you know, this dick swinging matchwork of constantly comparing who can work harder <laughs> and who can be more miserable. Yeah. And I was certainly caught up in all that because I was comparing myself to people like Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg and people who are literally workaholic freaks of nature who, quite frankly, I just can't emulate. Well, and we also like, we forget, like we only see certain pieces of those people's lives, right? 
And so we forget, exactly. like, Elon Musk has been divorced, like, what, two, three times, maybe? And, like, they asked him about his dating life, and he was literally thinking about it as though it was a job. He's like, how many hours a week does a woman need? Like, 10? Mm-hmm. Is 10 a good good number? I think I'm, I could probably commit 10 hours a week to someone. And, like, if you're going to emulate the one side, you have to realize that there's the other side, too. And, like, that's the thing for me when I'm, like, looking at all these people like I don't know sometimes I get really inspired by comedians and then I look at the life that they led to get mm-hmm. there and I'm like you know the result looks wonderful but the the 25 years of <laughs> living on the road and sleeping in cars and stuff mm-hmm. I don't I don't think I'm up for it like I wouldn't I wouldn't be down for doing that necessarily so it's like I don't know I think we we also as we're doing this you know dick swinging contest like we're forgetting to look at the entire uh, picture of what that right. person's life is, we only emulate the part that we that we think is exciting, and we forget that that always has an opposite side. Exactly. I mean, we've become a culture of comparisons. You look at anybody's social media profile, and they put their highlight reel up there, and you click on their their pictures, and like, wow, like this person's traveling all the time. They got these incredible friends. Every picture is of them laughing and having so much fun, and yet we're not seeing all the bullshit monotony that they deal with on a day to day basis. We're yeah, yeah everyone's in therapy. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, we, we don't see any of that. We yeah, just no, one, no one posts their therapy visits. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start doing that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm a therapist, but I get one specifically for this purpose. Yeah, yeah. Now turn that into a job. Turn therapy into a business. Exactly, and, yeah. And so, like, I, I have a friend who I'm in a, a mastermind group with, and she'll probably be a guest on this show at some point. She is doing like six or seven months in Bali, um, which she's having a great time, don't get me wrong. But when we had like our monthly call recently, she was talking about like, you know, like all these little things that are stressing her out. And she and she was like, I still have the same problems I had when I lived in LA. I just have them in Bali now. It's not like they go away just because I moved locations and I'm and being yeah. nomadic. Right. I mean, your we all problems have, travel with you. Right. Exactly. And we all think that when things change, like there's going to be some sort of sense of completion. Like everybody keeps saying, oh, you know, I'll be better and be happy and things will settle down once I finish school. And then we finish school and we get a job. Oh, I'll be happy once I get a job. Then we get a job and then we're like, well, I'll be happy once I get married. And then you get married and then, then I'll be happy once I have kids in the house. And there's all these things that you're just looking forward to without ever just taking the time to enjoy the journey that you're mm-hmm. on. My experience taught me 100% that I need to be enjoying every single day to the absolute fullest because how we live our days is how we live our lives. And let's just say I set this incredible goal to change the world with my amazing business and I spend the next 10 years doing it, but I'm miserable and I make everybody around me miserable. Was it really worth it in the end to have that? Mm -hmm. This world-changing business to be completely miserable for 10 years and then make everybody around me else miserable as well? I don't think so. I think there's a, like, a line we can all walk where we do the work that we want to do. We build towards the dream or the vision or the future that we all have, but then we find ways to enjoy the process. Yeah. That's what my experience taught me more than anything. Well, and even the way that you said, um, you said I need to enjoy every day to the fullest. Like even the rhetoric of that is something that in my mind I'm trying to fight and um, because I have a very all or nothing mindset with things. Mm-hmm. So when I, when I when I think when I hear something like that I go now we've turned happiness into a job again. <laughs> like <laughs> like oh, now I need to enjoy every day to the fullest. And if I get <laughs> to the end of today and I have not enjoyed it to its absolute pulpy goodness it's not been a good day. And like, I even stopped journaling for that, that specific <laughs> um, reason. Cause it was like the most, like I would go back and read my journals and I'm like, it's only the negativity. It's like, mm-hmm. sure. It gets out of my head, but it also reinforces itself. And so like, I almost am like, I don't even care if I live the days to their, or if I'm enjoying every moment of every day, as long as I'm doing things that I'm excited by. Um, and so like, Excitement doesn't necessarily mean happiness or enjoyment. Excitement just means like interest and I'm interested in. So like I was editing something the other day and I was up till three in the morning um, doing this video edit 
I don't think I was enjoy like I, I wasn't like happy that I was up at three thirty in the morning editing this thing, but I was like z- sort of like zened out. Like mm. what people describe as like when I cook, I kind of go into this like zen flow state. Like yeah. I when I cook, I'm like trying not to burn the house down. But <laughs> for some reason, when I was doing this like video edit, I was just like I wasn't happy. I wasn't sad. I wasn't like ecstatic, and I wasn't depressed. I was just kind of like there. And just felt kind of content. And that, I don't know, like, I love happiness and I love being excited and I love enjoying every day to the fullest. But I also am, like, fine just kind of being there. And I'm trying to be more comfortable just being there. Not happy, not sad, not anything. Just kind of, like, doing things that are interesting and enjoying that process that we're trying to talk about. Yeah, I mean, what you're talking about is creating contentment which mm-hmm. is another called the cousin of happiness or the cousin of joy. We have different states that you'll float through over the course of the day. Like not every second of every day is going to be this enjoyable, joyous, orgasmic ecstasy experience because that's just completely unrealistic. Oh, it's Nobody- not? Damn it. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and, and, and that's kind of the false bill of gold goods that we're all sold from yeah. time to time that, you know, you could live every day in this joyous ecstasy state when in reality it's more like what you're talking about. It's contentment periods of joy and what i'm talking about is having the intention of getting the most that i can from those various states that i'm in throughout the day i I know when i wake up in the morning like not every day is going to be a 10 out of 10 for happiness i actually write this for myself each day write it in my daily success habit spreadsheet but i do set a goal for myself i'm like okay today probably won't be a 10 but i could probably make it an eight and a half if i wanted to Mm -hmm. then i find ways to create meaningful moments with my wife so, for example, the other night, it was Tuesday, we'd worked a long day, I was working on my sales page, it had been a really you know, full day of things that we were doing, and we just opened up a bottle of wine and we just started chatting with each other. And soon enough, our chats turned into a rap battle with each other, which is completely ridiculous, That's right? That's awesome. <laughs> like, we have this music app for Amazon that, that shows you the words of the song, <laughs> and she was, she was rapping Drake and like Biggie and Pac and stuff and I was picking out songs for her and then she'd pick out one for me and like that's just stupid right like that's just us at home hanging out having a good time but because we both had the intention of making that a really incredible moment it became one Mm -hmm. I am truly jealous of your marriage (laughs) (laughs) but but at the same time you didn't sit down and say "All right, honey for the next hour time to throw down yo (laughs) you're doing the fun part of the day (laughs) no like no. I've walked out, yeah. Like it, it came naturally, and like I think sometimes we try and force things. Of course, you you can't force fun upon other people, but you can let your own fun transfer into them. Yeah, yeah. You can you can be a leader and influencer of fun and happiness and joy, because you guys both know people and the folks who are listening as well. We know somebody, or we are somebody, who really brings joy to every situation. I mean, their their joy is just infectious. And there's so much enthusiasm and passion there. And you just love being in their presence. Those are great people to be around. And there's really no reason why we can't be that person for somebody else. One thing I've learned is that one of the easiest ways to make myself have more fun or bring more joy or happiness to a situation is just by bringing it to my connections with other people. My friends, my coworkers, the people I talk to, my coaching clients, all bringing that sense of joy and fun into their lives. And then they start having a good time. I can snap them out of the dream state that they're in. Mm-hmm. Well, and I liked what you said earlier about being present with friends. That was something that I noticed um, when we were getting really deep into things, like turning friendships into jobs even. Like, okay, tonight's the night that I go hang out with people. And, like, uh, <laughs> I need to be home at a certain time because tomorrow I have to get up and do this X, Y, Z. And, like, I noticed that, like, it would... I would be worrying so much about tomorrow and what needed to get done that I would like not enjoy the night out. And that that's something that like more and more recently I'm I'm trying to work with as well, which is how do I just like turn off? And I, I don't know, the, the turning off is tough for me. Um, but I think it's- What's your meditation practice like? <laughs> Non-existent. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. But I think it's, even so, even the way you said that, like, how do I turn off? It, that, that's almost contradicting itself, you know, because mm-hmm. it shouldn't have to be, at least in my mind, maybe it shouldn't have to be a, all right, I need to think about how do I turn off, which is kind of like 
that actually been to the to the meditation aspect. That's why people give up on meditation because they're they sit down and they're like, well, I can't turn off my brain, so this isn't going to work. Yeah. Instead of just sitting and letting whatever happened happen. Um, actually, to that specific point though, about like, can you just hang out with friends and just be? This happened to me last weekend. Actually, it was a friend from high school's birthday um, at a bar downtown, and. It was kind of like a late afternoon, like into the night affair. So mm-hmm. I got there at 5 p.m. And I actually I texted her yesterday because I had such a good time. And it was like there were a handful of people from high school who I haven't seen in a long time. And we got to catch up, and which was really fun and everything. And what I texted her yesterday was, hey, I meant to tell you. I had such a good time last weekend that when I, I, so I got there at five, I left at around 1130. When I left, I thought it was actually still like going to be daylight outside because I thought it was like maybe 730, eight o'clock and it was almost midnight. And Hmm. I said, when I left, I still thought it was daylight. And on top of that, outside of answering, you know, Brandon's text to tell him where we were and where to come meet us, I didn't look at my phone for seven hours. And I was like, mm. that's a mark of having a really good time and really being in the yeah. moment, you know? Yeah. And I felt like, I remember just the next day feeling so good and being like, man, like I didn't have to, like, I didn't think about like, oh, am I sacrificing tomorrow? Am I, you know, am I missing out on something that's happening with other friends right now? It was just truly for literally seven hours, just being in the moment and being okay with that and and just enjoying the company of the people around me. Yeah, exactly. And Raj, you've been building towards that. I don't know if you would have been capable of that. You tell me if I'm wrong. Several years ago, uh, I don't know. I See, think... I I was capable of that years ago. I like I lost it <laughs> exactly. In this whole yeah, I think yeah, the personal development thing. Gotcha. So your your spiritual presence muscle is weak. We got to do some spiritual presence reps here, Martin. <laughs> we can't. We don't want to collapse on any structures, though. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I want to bring this back to something you guys said earlier about you don't want turning off to be a thing you have to do. And this is something I disagree with because in our culture, I think it's really important that we have real triggers or switches in our life that we use to turn off. So, for example, every night, regardless of what's going on, past 9 p.m., I'm not doing anything related to work. After 9 p.m., that is my time to relax. And if I don't give myself that time, I will work into the evening and continue to stress myself out. And when I lay down in bed, I'm like, oh, shit, I should be doing something right now. I could be doing something more productive. But because I understand how important that rest and relaxation piece is at the end of the evening for me to come back the next day and be even more productive, it's essential that I take that time and I have a hard line in between, okay, work, play, and relax. This is the time that I work. This is the time that I play and relax. Because if I don't have that, I feel guilty. I'm constantly battling with myself then. And there absolutely needs to be that clear cut line in between work and play. Yeah. Even to the extent, and I would, you're right. Like you have the, the 9 PM rule, which I think is great. I, earlier this week I even had, so I, uh, I mentor at the startup incubator bunker labs. And this past week I did, I did the personal branding presentation for the entrepreneurs in that program. And I mean, you guys know, you, obviously, Martin, you're very familiar with it. Uh, ben, you, you experienced it, maybe not in presentation format, but in coaching format. And mm. it's a really good presentation that people enjoy. And, you know, afterwards, I'm talking to some of the, like, bunker directors. And they were like, man, like, like that's such a good presentation. Like, you, I know you have something here. Like, you should, they were like, you should be doing this, like, every, like, tw- like twice a month, just, like, Thursday nights. You could host it in here you know, charge 50 bucks a person. And it was all met with good intent. And my response to them was, I know it's a really good presentation uh, and I really enjoy doing it, but I can't continue to put myself in a mode where my core work happens at seven to 9 PM on a Thursday night, Mm. especially given that I already teach yoga two other nights a week. Like I, I, and I'm already like here at Bunker Labs when you guys meet on Tuesday nights for your weekly sessions sometimes. You know, it's like I I, I need like my one of my big. So I, I said this at the beginning, my word for the year is ownership. And part of that ownership is taking back my time and taking back some of my nights. So I really enjoy teaching yoga, but I don't want to 
but I already have two nights a week that's dedicated to that. I have to try to keep my other nights free for my own sanity. Because mm-hmm. I, I can't keep getting home at 9.30 and 10 o'clock every night. Right. Well, let me ask you this. How creative and productive are you after you've been spending a lot of nights working? Um, you mean like the next day or that's... Or... Yeah, the next day or on a macro scale. You've been doing it continuously. That's a good question. I I don't know if I've ever really thought about that because... You mean you don't track it like I do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. I don't systematize my creativity, but... Gotcha. I, I don't I don't think I have an answer for that because like some days my day is I am purely selling other days I'm with clients and like working with them so I think it's tough to tough to quantify gotcha well like I was mentioning earlier I give myself a scale of one to ten for levels of energy presence and happiness and I give myself an awesome score for the day I'm actually tracking those things over time one thing I've noticed in my own personal psychology physiology spirituality is that when I work really late consistently the next day or the next days after that I'm not nearly as productive I mean it's a very measurable response in terms of okay I overdo what I redline it in this area and then I suffer in these areas mm. and because I've seen that cause and effect so many times in my life I've been tracking my habits and my daily routines now for 1,353 days I know <laughs> I know exactly when I fucked up <laughs> and I know when I'm not living my life to the fullest either because I could see, okay, well, yesterday was a four and the day after that was a five and today was a six and today is probably going to be a three. Something needs to change here. Yeah. I'm not allowing myself. It's like you can't get fat if you weigh yourself every day. And that's all I'm doing, just on a spiritual, ah. mentally, physical, same thing. The more you measure your own presence, your own happiness, your own levels of joy, those sorts of things. You don't have to be a weirdo like me and do it all psychotic and obsessive, but there should be some sort of systematic way where you are measuring those things. Martin, for example, you mentioned your journal earlier and you stopped journaling. Maybe just picking up the journal and say, hey, you know, today was a good day because I did these three things and I could have done better in these three things. And overall, today I give myself a score of, you know, eight out of 10, something like that. Yeah, and all of a sudden you start you tracked it over time, and now you have a way to measure it. Go ahead. Well, for the journal thing specifically, like what I found is that the more I was journaling, the more I was reinforcing negativity, and the more I was Mm. getting getting unhappy. Like I was right, and so like I switched the journal from written to drawing, and I don't draw depressing things. So, (laughs) so. No more um, knives, guns, and pills, huh? Right, yeah. And so, <laughs> like, I just, like, will draw, like, the coffee cup I'm or the running shoe I used or the event that I was at. I'll draw a little thing from it. And, like, um, and one of the things that I think in all of this, for me, you know, speaking to reevaluating, um, you need to know what makes you happy, like, in the first place. Like, if you're tracking things, but you don't know what you're tracking, like... I, yeah, I you got to know your outcome. Yeah, you got to know what makes you happy so that you're not tracking the wrong things. Like if I'm right. if I'm tracking working out, like I'm just going to constantly disappoint myself. <laughs> like um <laughs> No, but like, you think I, or I, do you I, think you'd be motivated I, to want to improve? Uh no, cuz I've done it. I've tracked my workouts before and it's a pain in the ass. Um <laughs> because my, my natural state isn't like what I enjoy is being like okay I went for a run today not I went for f- four laps yesterday five today six tomorrow in a month I'm going to be doing 30 laps like when I start doing that I overwhelm myself and then I'm not enjoying running anymore now I hate running and now I don't want to do it and then like all of a sudden I stop tracking it and my body's like hey go for a run Probably because so, you're in Converse shoes and high socks with stripes. At the top. I know. I got that weird view of me in your mind. Um, but I, and and so like one of the things, and this is where um, I think is so interesting because we've been talking about like the three of us have been talking about this stuff for you know years now, and it's it's so interesting. Like you know sometimes tracking really does help me. Like sometimes being really habit conscious is is super helpful for me and I've had coach.me apps and 750 words and all that stuff but sometimes um like I have a uh, high high anxiety and so sometimes that um intensifies my anxiety to the point where I can't 
where, where doing those things n- is no longer fun, is no longer bringing me enjoyment, even if it's things that, like going for runs makes me happy. But going for runs where I'm like beating myself up because I didn't hit a certain number of laps isn't fun. Like I'm not trying right. to become a runner. I'm just trying to feel good and not, and like take care of myself. And so there's, in my mind, certain things that like, are going to contribute to happiness and just being outside, running around, having a good time, that is happiness for me. But being outside competing with myself for no real reason, aside from just pure competition and (laughs) being neurotic, that took away the fun for me. And so, I mean, it's different for everyone, but that was just one thing that I noticed, like specifically that uh, the more I thought about it, the more I disliked the activity I was doing. Well, Martin, let me ask you this. What was your criteria for success when you were tracking these things? Well, so it was like, all right, um, I just wanted to go for a run one day. And I went for a run. I was like, wow, I did four laps. All right, cool. Tomorrow, you should do five. And then the next day I was running, I was like, cool, I did five. Now you should do ten. And then, like, it snowed again in Chicago, and I did run for a week. And then I was like, I go back out and I'm like, do 10 laps. And my body's like, whoa, you haven't moved in a week. So now I'm back at six, right? Mm -hmm. And now I'm angry that I didn't get to 10. And now the mentality is negative. And now every time I go out, it's like, I can't even enjoy the run because I'm not hitting these, these arbitrary metrics that I just sort of came up with on the fly. And maybe that's part of it. Maybe it, there's, a lack of planning there and it's just like this internal competition that happened but yeah the the second that I stopped caring what number of laps I got to the second I started having fun and running more again right because your criteria for success was did I go for a run right instead of did I run like a perfect runner (laughs) I don't know I don't know how you want to phrase it yeah you make it binary versus uh, yeah, it's like a slide. Which is scale. enjoying the process, which is that whole thing. It's like Correct. reevaluating how I'm tracking or how I'm living my life to focus on the process more than the outcomes. And so for me with like business stuff as well, like it's did I sit down and do the right things today? Not did I sit down and like I don't know, I'm getting really arbitrary with what I'm saying, but um focusing more on the process of doing things than than any specific outcome is what I'm trying to get at. Of course, yeah. And when I'm most happy, it's usually my criteria for success is, am I alive today? Am I above ground? <laughs> is that it? Because automatically, I start the day with a win there. And if I start the day with a win, then I know that the rest of my day is going to be pretty happy. People, sometimes when I'm working with them or coaching them or speaking with them, they get surprised at how easy I am on myself. Like, I go to the gym pretty consistently and I'm moving some big weights and I'm running pretty fast. Yet my, my criteria for success is not, did I go to the gym and lift these big weights and, you know, beat my own scores for running? It's, did I put my gym shoes on? Mm-hmm. That's it. And then I put my gym shoes on. I'm like, fuck yeah, put my gym shoes on. That's a win. <laughs> And then anything I do on top of that is just positive. Yeah, do you like find Netflix? I was going to go on this thread real quick. I was just going to say, everybody in our culture is so hard on themselves. We just expect and demand perfection because we're in this constant dick-swinging, pissing match with everybody else. We look at their highlight reel. We compare it to ourselves. We say, oh, my God, look at how far along this person is. And we see all the things that we're not doing. We mm-hmm. need to start giving ourselves a lot more self-love and self-care. That's why one of the things that I recommend and work with people on is when you go to bed at night, you count your wins for the day. So literally, you're laying down in bed at night. You're about to fall asleep. And you say, you know, what did I do well today? Just go over those things in your head real quickly. Because even if your day was complete shit, there's still things you did well that day. And if you recount them, guess what? You're building an empowering self-image so that the next day when you come back, you're in a more positive mental state and you're more likely to attack your goals. Mm-hmm. There's something in psychology called the winner effect, which simply states that organisms and humans and civilizations and teams that have little wins throughout the day generally get bigger wins later on. And that's true. We start our days with a small win or we go to bed with a small win. The next day we're building on those and we're creating momentum in our lives. 
Yeah, like I had an amazing bowel movement yesterday. <laughs> you gave yourself Check. a high five. Check. <laughs> ben, do you find that... So you said, like, I put my shoes on. That's a, that's a win. Am I above ground? Am I alive? Do you find that that almost, like, cannibalizes itself? And it's like, well, duh. You know, of course I'm alive. Of course I'm above ground. Of course I have my shoes on. Or do you find it still... I don't know, however many 1,000-something days later, you're still getting motivated or still feeling good by the fact that you've put your shoes on. Yes. Logically, I know it's incredibly stupid, and I'm well aware of that, but it still works. I'm still treating my brain like a horse to get it to do what I want it to do, and I logically know. Like, I have a master's degree in mechanical engineering and an undergraduate in physics. I know that what I'm saying is completely ridiculous and stupid. <laughs> But it works. Like, I, I, I get it. I'm just giving myself a lower criteria for success. And un- ironically, when people start doing this too, they think it's stupid. And then they start laughing because they think it's stupid. And then because they're laughing, they're putting themselves in a more positive mental state. And you're like, okay, well, I guess that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I actually am building something here. And then over time, they start to see the positive effects of this in their life. And they're like, shit, this stuff actually works if I take my ego out of it. Mm. Well, so where where are the times that if it so it works, but then there's times that it doesn't, right? So w- what we started here with is all these systems that we put in place backfiring on us, right? And now we need to reevaluate. And so what I'm curious, like we've been talking about this stuff for years, the three of us, and um, when it comes to reevaluation and and trying to figure things out, one of the things that we talked about the other day is like the self help world, the the entire industry of self help. Is based on the is based on the idea that you're never going to achieve perfection. So there's always something to improve. So like you'll never if you if you want you can never leave the self help cycle ever because there's always something new to fix. And so I'm curious with that like at what point is acceptance a good thing? At what point is taking a break a good thing? At what point does this stuff work against us and backfire? And that's the thing that I'm really curious about. Uh, I love the question. I think it's a phenomenal question. And honestly, anything that we do to try to improve ourselves from the frame of I'm not enough or there's something wrong with me will backfire. And that's the truth. If we're coming at it from, okay, well, I got these things in my life that I need to fix because these things are wrong with me, then whatever you do to fix it will end up putting you further into a hole. But if you come from it of, you know what? I'm already a whole person. I'm already above ground. I'm already living a good life right now. You start from a place of gratitude. Then anything you do is just building on top of that. Because you're not coming from a mental, negative mental frame where you're beating yourself up and you're browbeating yourself for not being perfect. It's just, I'm already whole. I'm already complete. I already have everything I'm, I need in my life to be happy. And the things I'm doing on top are just extra credit. Yeah, it's you're right. It's it's giving yourself credit off the bat and not being self-deprecating, self-defeating. I was a couple days ago. I went through and cleaned out my inbox. Um, I it took two and a half hours. Jeez, <laughs> um, because well, because for you know for a solid year and a half, I was using my ideal lemon email address so that my rnathan12 at gmail.com got like so backed up because I wasn't reading the emails. So there's like all these unreads for over like, you know, a two year period. So I, and it's been bugging me. And then all these promotion emails that don't actually even count as your unreads, but they are, they are still unread. Like I, right. I probably deleted like 5,000 emails. And anyways, so in going back through this, I stumbled across um, an, an ideal element newsletter I had sent out last summer about how I was sitting at a table at a coding boot camp and I had overheard the conversation going on next to me. It was, you know, in the, in that coding boot camp, it was like, they had to like design their own website or whatever. And the one person asked this girl, asked this guy, so like, how'd your site turn out? And he was like, he just basically, he like said like three things that, uh, he's not good at, or that didn't go well. He's like, ah, you know, I don't know. This part was crap. You know, that thing happened. I don't like how this, but somehow it turned out okay. Like that was his resolving statement. Mm. And, I, and, and what I had written in the newsletter was like, why do we take these opportunities to actually feel good about ourselves and even be self-congratulatory, not 
in an egotistic way, just in a feel good about yourself way, and turn them into, well, somehow this must have happened, but it wasn't because I'm I'm any good or because I did anything that was that was productive or successful. It just somehow came together. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I don't know how to say this, but. I think it's I an easier out. It's an yeah. easier out, I think, to be able well, to just come down on yourself. It is. And everybody does it. And the reason why everybody does it, uh, obviously there's sociological and social conditioning things that are happening there, but I don't know. Do you guys have any idea? Um... Maybe it's that whole going back to not feeling like you're enough, right? Like if you truly accept yourself, <laughs> then I don't know. I feel like a lot of a lot of times being in pain is motivation, or thinking that you suck is motivation, and that without that, well, then what is there to motivate, right? And so mm. if I'm content, then what's the point of starting a business? If I'm content, then what's the point of working out? If I'm content, then what's the point of trying something new? Just do this. But then we get into that that thing of like, well, if I'm just doing this for the rest of my life, I'm going to become one of those people that just is boring and does nothing. So maybe I am broken. So maybe I should fix something. And then it's like, all right, now I'm feeling motivated again because something's broken. And so maybe that is sort of where it comes from for a lot of folks, or at least that's something I've definitely experienced. Yeah, I mean, the Tony Robbins concept that all human behavior is driven by people running away from pain and running towards pleasure, that holds true. But I think but we running create from pain, pain. We, we create we, we create problems to give us something to do. It's I think I've talked about this before, it's like the Kanye thing where, do you think Taylor Swift is really his enemy? No, but he needs an enemy. He needs something to fight just to get through the day. Like, yeah. I feel like a lot of human issues, a lot of social issues are created to give us something to do. Yeah. I mean, people need to feel significant, like their life has meaning. That is a very, very basic human need and shows up in human need psychology. And you can either find meaning and purpose and certain like all the things that you're you're looking for in your life by doing something really cool by creating a business by giving back by starting a nonprofit by just being a good person by bringing joy and happiness to your friendships and your conversations or you can be a dick <laughs> and it's a lot easier to be a dick to yourself and to others mm-hmm. than it is to bring joy and happiness because that's the hard thing to do anybody can bring a negative uh, you know, you, we've all been in meetings before or, or situations where somebody comes in and they're just toxic. <laughs> and the, the whole energy just shifts and just goes, Broom. and that's how that person is finding significance in their life. And they don't even know that they're doing it, but they're just, they've conditioned themselves to just be that person. Yeah. Ben, I want to come back to the original story you told um, where you were impaled by that um, structure you were doing push ups on. And you said, like, kind of in the hospital, how that was your moment where you stopped and reevaluated everything. But I want to just give you a little bit of pushback on that because I remember that story. But my first hearing about it was, I think, a week later, you had sent a blog post out about the story. Now, my question to you is, did you still feel compelled that like, oh, I have to write, I have to get this out, I have to keep my business going? Or was it more of like a release of like, hey, people should know what's up with me? Uh, I'm not sure I understand the question, but I think it was a bit of both because I, I wanted people to know what was going on with me, but I still felt compelled to be successful. And you're right, the transformation didn't happen overnight. In fact, it happened over a period of many long, brutal months of self-analysis and thinking through things and meditation and going back to doing the things that I used to do. And it really wasn't until, call it three months ago, where I was able to step back and look at everything that had happened and go, oh, shit. Like, there was a lot of things that changed for me there. That moment, though, was the catalyst. That was the reason Mm. why we're having this conversation right now. Mm. 
people think that you know your life is going to change overnight you know immediately and it never does you can change direction overnight and start heading in a new direction which is what i did but like i was saying it wasn't until call it early january of this year where i was really re able to reevaluate what happened how it happened and the processes and systems and things i can do to make sure that it doesn't happen to me again because i never want my life to become one of those where i'm just miserable all the time and i'm basing my self-worth off of how many hours i can put in each week because i want each day to be cool i want each day to be fun i want each day to be enjoyable doesn't need to be a 10 out of 10 but it doesn't need to be miserable either so what's replaced the hours so uh, if uh, if before it was hours equal self-worth what is it now am i alive am i alive mm-hmm. let's wrap up from there i think that's a that's a good uh that's a good uh closing point and i know you got to get going pretty soon um ben before we wrap up let our listeners know uh what you are working on now and where they can find you absolutely well, if you didn't hear me earlier, name is Ben Austin. I'm the founder of Stop, Start, Do, and the host of the Unleash Your Inner Genius podcast. Folks who are interested in checking me out can go to stopstartdo.com. Other projects I have going on right now, I'm starting a seminar and workshop business. You can go to stopstartdo.com forward slash speaking to check out some of the offerings I have there if you're interested in hiring me for your event. And if not, I would love to hear from you. You can find my email on the website as well. Just go to www.stopstartdo.com. Look forward to hearing from you. That's awesome. I didn't know about the seminar speaking thing. We'll have to talk later about that. That's cool. Absolutely. Um, all right. So then to wrap up, we will go one by one, giving our respective answer to today's question based on this discussion. We'll start with Martin and close with Ben. Martin, our question today was, or is, when do you stop and reevaluate? So for me, um, I've done a lot of reevaluation in the last year, um, mainly because certain things I was working on didn't pan out. And I had, again, like being forced to. So a lot of times it's not a choice. It's, it's, you just find yourself in the position where it's necessary to reevaluate. But I think that the times where I've, um, I've taken it upon myself to reevaluate non-externally, an internal reevaluation, um, it's always been when I realized that, so let's say like two years ago, I said, all right, I'm going to do these activities and it's going to hopefully result in this outcome. I'm going to be this much better at X, Y, and Z. Um, and I've always found that, uh, or w recently I found that what ha those things that I was doing, those things that I was trying to control or over control in certain respects, um, were actually having the opposite um, outcome than what I wanted and so I had to take a take a step back and reevaluate what the inputs were because I had an assumption of what would lead to certain outcomes and I was wrong about that assumption so when when the outcome is not lining up with the original intent is when I stop and reevaluate all right my answer for when do you stop and reevaluate? I think a lot of what we've been talking about, um, we didn't necessarily use this word, but a lot of it, I feel like, comes down to just this immense amount of pressure that we place on ourselves. Mm. And I think, I think probably 95% of it is unwarranted pressure or it's too much pressure. So I, I, I think my answer for this question, when do you stop and reevaluate? I think it is when you are placing pressure on yourself, but you can't answer what for. Because I, I, I think pressure can be good if you know mm. what it's in the name of and you know what it's for. But if you feel like you're bearing the weight of, you know, of the world or you feel like you're, you're pushing <clears throat> the envelope and you are just driving yourself into the ground and you can't a answer to yourself honestly, what am I doing this for? That is, I think, you're right, Ben, it's not a specific moment in time, but I think that becomes the catalyst for stopping and reevaluating mm. Ben when do you stop and reevaluate <laughs> well you guys probably know where this is going <laughs> but I believe that we should stop and reevaluate <laughs> every single day every single day we should be looking at our long-term goals our short-term goals the things that we're trying to accomplish that week and we stop and reevaluate and we ask ourselves 
are we living in alignment with these goals? Are we doing the things necessary to accomplish these goals? Or are we just twiddling our thumbs? Because you won't fall out of alignment if you're checking in with yourself every single day. You're not going to have that massive moment of panic and realization and oh shit moments if you know where you're going and then you're tracking and measuring your progress and route to that goal. Love it. Ben Austin, Mr. Impassioned Love Child of Bill Nye and Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I know. Oh, I thought we were going to start with the intros. I was all ready to do that. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. I'll get that on the voiceover. I'll, okay. I got you on that. Good. Thank you for joining us. Going on a lot of Arnold runs. <laughs> well, no more Arnold runs. That's not a tuba. <laughs> thank you for joining us Ben a pleasure as always thanks Jensen for the folks listening thank you so much for listening to me speak it was a pleasure to be on your show guys thank you so much that wrapped up our conversation with Ben Austin Ben my dude every time we talk it is always fun this was no exception insightful and a good time thank you for joining us did you, the listener, enjoy this episode as well? If so, the best compliment you can give us is a rating and review on iTunes and subscribing to the show. Ratings and reviews help more people find the show, as well as subscriptions, whether that is on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, or the various other mediums or media, which you can find we Discover Your Inner Awesome podcast. For full show notes, references, and resources, as well as Ben's contact information, you can grab it all at www.discoveryourinnerawesome.com While you are there, check out our 75 plus episode archive. Well, not only does that wrap up this episode, but it wraps up this season. It has been a pleasure being in your earbuds for yet another season of the Discover Your Inner Awesome podcast. We will be back in late May 2017 taking a little bit of a break here. We'll have a couple goodies for you in between seasons, but we will be back with Season 7 in late May 2017 with more topics, more guests, and of course, more awesome. Thank you again to Ben Austin of StopStartDo.com for being our Season 6 finale guest. Shout out as well to Chris Leamy for providing the theme song for Season 6. It is called American Man. You hear it right now. It is available on iTunes and Spotify off of the American Man EP. For Martin McGovern, I am Raj Nation. You have been listening to the Discover Your Inner Awesome podcast. We will see you next time. But in the meantime, take care and be awesome today. There was an episode of the Brady Bunch where they remember they were also like a band as well. Uh, yeah, that was the whole premise of the show. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and anyways, one of the songs, bunch of Brady's. one of the songs, music. like Peter was going through puberty, so his voice kept cracking while he was oh, yeah, singing. I remember that. And then so they made a song about when it's time to change. Then he'd come in and be like, "Time to change." Yeah, well, gross. <laughs> <for us>. uh, <laughs>